The fifth tradition commands us, Thou shalt not reveal thy true nature to those not of the blood. Thou shalt not reveal thy true nature to those not of the blood. Thou shalt not reveal thy true nature to those not of the blood. Do not seek to drag me from the speaker's stair. You elders who seek to force me to silence, you are to blame for abandoning our sacred traditions. It is your fault that mortals seek to slay us, reviling us for our excesses. You are to blame as well, Hardest, that we are all to blame. We have lost our claim of blood by living so conspicuously among mortals. Living openly among mortals has been a ruin. We violated the spirit of the fifth tradition, and we pay for it in blood. How many of us have lost a child or an ally to the fires of the Inquisition? How many have had to flee, leaving behind everything we value? Mortals are too numerous and too jealous of our power. They will try to destroy us as long as they know of us. We must hide from their envious eyes, and from this day forward we must no longer live openly, but remain hidden, pretending to be no more than mortals when we must interact with them. We must adopt the masquerade, pretend that we are not vampires, ridicule the idea that there were ever such creatures as ourselves. This is the only way we will survive the Inquisition's incursions. We must disappear if we are to remain in existence. In October, the year of our Lord 1493, a mere seven years after the first conclave that had further formalized the laws of the Camarilla, a meeting was held. It was in a small abbey near Silchester, England, that representatives of this new sect, as well as delegates from the Anarch movement, and several others from independent clans, met to discuss the peace terms that would end the war between Sires and Childer. The name of this place was the Abbey of the Sacred Crown, named so from the legend that the thorn bushes surrounding the abbey, of which some were as tall as trees, had sprouted from the thorn crown of the Christ himself, whose blood had quickened their growth, and which had later been planted by Joseph of Arimathea, who visited England in the first century AD. The meeting, which came to be known as the Convention of Thorns, was hosted by Father Samuel, the abbot, who was also the Toreador Prince of Southampton. Independent of both movements, he was believed to be impartial, but he also saw personal profit in being the host of events of this magnitude. As for the attendants, the seven founders of the Camarilla were all there, Adana de Sforza of Bruja, Milov Petrenkov of Gangrel, Camilla Baines of Malkavian, Joseph von Bauren of Nosferatu, Rafael de Corazon of Torredor, Mistress Fanchon of Tremere, and Hardestad of Ventru, which surprised many as he was thought to have been diabolized by the Anarch Tyler. From the Anarch and their Asamite allies were Tyler of Bruja, Micah, also later known as Sasha Vikos of Tsimitsi, Gabriel Baruch of La Sombra, as well as Antara, Karif al-Numair, and Hussein al-Fatin of the Banu Hakim. Aside from these delegates, there were quite many more, as the convention is said to have been host to roughly 50 Canites, notably Atreus, the right-hand man of Tremere, as well as Anatole the Malkavian prophet and Lucita of La Sombra, both famous scholars of vampiric lore. Unbeknownst to many at the time, there were also the first four Archons, the Justicar's lieutenants, who had only recently been elected at the National Conclave of the Camarilla. 
These were Gilbert Jaffleur of Ventru, Father Jean-Marc Jaffleur of Toreador, Federico de Padua of Nosferatu, and Lilika Kairos of Bruja. Although this convention was ostensibly held to draft and ratify a peace treaty, the true intention was clear to all present. The Anarch movement was slowly losing the war, stuck between their elders who were gaining grounds thanks to their experience manipulating the mortals, and the Inquisition, who were now getting quite adept at rooting out the children of Cain. In fact, on the very first night of the meeting, the chosen moderator Eleanor de Valois summed it up in three topics on the agenda. Should the Anarchs be given amnesty, or be punished for their transgression? What would be the fate of Clan Asamite, who had gained much from the conflict by exacting a heavy toll of blood from the European vampires? And, finally, how would the future power structure within the Camarilla look? The Banu Hakim delegates who were present were of split opinions, but their choices were few. They had lost Granada, which had lost them their Moorish allies in Europe, and the French marched to Italy with Charles VIII in order to burn them out from there as well. Tremere, as always, were ready to strike from the shadows, and most any vizier and sorcerer of the clan in Europe had been wiped out by the warlocks. After Etrius of Tremere had begun changing the narratives around the clan, European opinion of the Asamites soured as they were slowly painted up as mad diabolists and assassins. A blood hunt was called on all Banu Hakim in 1486, and the threat of a unified sect was simply too big a risk to take. Having little options, the Banu Hakim delegates wanted to sue for peace, and agreed to the demand that their clan would no longer be allowed to diabolize the Camarilla. They thought this would be the end of it, but in order to enforce this ban, the Tremere cast a powerful curse upon them, making Canite Vitae poisonous to all children of Hakim. The repercussions this had upon their clan we will discuss in another video, but suffice to say, the Convention of Thorns and the subsequent Treaty of Tyre in 1496, which is believed to have been where the Asamites officially capitulated to Camarilla demands, left a sour taste in the mouths of the Saracens. The debates raged between the many factions during the convention for six evenings, and during this time, Hardestad and Vikos came to verbal blows, their debate reputedly ending with Vikos throwing his severed penis at the Ventru. Tyler also made an attempt at the Founder's life, firing two pistols into the heart of Hardestad, who survived with only superficial wounds. Tyler would later realize that the Hardestad she had slain had been the sire of the one she met in Thorns, the Tyler taking up the name and apparently the face of the Elder. Ultimately, she ended up joining the Camarilla in the 16th century, realizing that the movement she had started had twisted into something monstrous and altogether unfit to bring the justice she had sought. By October 23rd, the debates were reaching an end and a decision was made. All Anarchs who wanted to join the Camarilla had to drink blood from all present elders of the sect, and all present Asamites had to succumb to the curse on their blood. Naturally, not all of the Anarchs and Banu Hakim agreed to these terms. Some say that the treaty would have severely punished the La Sombra and Simizzi. They, after all, were the only clans who had defied their elders to the point of destroying the founders of their clans, and had been particularly vicious in the destruction of their elders. That Simizzi would have to see much of their homeland of Transylvania given to the Tremere, and the La Sombra would rather die than once again be shackled. Their delegate is to have said, I came to negotiate, not to surrender. Our Somnus died the final death, so that we could be free, and we did not fight for the past 50 years to give up everything to the decrepit elders of your pompous convocation. We now declare eternal war on the Camarilla, and the elders for whom it was created, the final death to you all. 
Surprisingly, the Bruja delegates were the quickest to accept the first draft of the treaty, having suffered terrible losses during the Anarch Revolt. In stark contrast to their nature as rebels and rabble-rousers, the clan acquiesced the elders' demands. Vikos and the other Anarchs who refused to sign the treaty decided to enact their revenge on the gathered elders, showing them how little they cared for their policing. The following night, the village of Silchester was utterly destroyed. Running rampant through the town, the Anarchs murdered any and all mortals they could find, flagrantly displaying their vampiric nature and rejoicing in the slaughter of those innocents, led by Mika Vikos. Gabriel de la Sombra delegate had already left and did not join in this act of defiance. And this saw the official end of the Anarch movement and their revolt, and those who remained defiant spent the next years slowly coalescing into a new body, an army, the Sword of Cain, with the single-minded purpose of destroying the puppet masters of the Jihad. They took upon them the name Sabbat, allegedly quoting one of the villagers of Silchester who referred to them as a Sabbat of devils and witches. And while the Sword of Cain spent the next 50 years slowly organizing and forming an internal structure, culminating in a meeting on Majorca between La Sombra and Simizzi, as well as other anti-tribu who had refused to sign the treaty, the former anarchs of the Camarilla found that, despite their capitulation, they were still distrusted by their elders. Although the movement was dead for now, there were still kindred in their midst who wished for a change. In my next video, we will learn more about the Tsimitsi, the clan of fiends and their history. Until then, I would like to thank my ancillae Edward Reed and Colin Gifford, as well as my loyal neonates for their continued support. And thank you for listening. Be careful out there, for the Sabbat is ever now plotting their revenge.